found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, Do you wonder why you take the time each week to listen to more podcasts? Well, I'll tell you why. More stands for maximizing opportunities for right now and eternity. So stop asking why you listen. Just never forget to listen and pass it on. Well, this episode has been brought to you by the makers of Build a Snowman. Want to build a snowman, but all you have is snow? Well, allow Build a Snowman to make your dreams into reality. With their specially curated carrot nose, stick arms, coal eyes, knitted scarf, and hat, you're only one afternoon away from a memorable Instagram post. That's Build a Snowman. Find it on Amazon. It's for real. For real? I was about to say, where do you come up with this? All this stuff that I, all these uh, people that sponsor us are usually on internet, Amazon, so you can find it, yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. The sponsors we get on here. That is incredible, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I, I was looking for a sponsor for this this podcast because you know we still have snow on the ground so i thought maybe a little bit i was surprised at how much it has melted though it is and then it's supposed to get up to 47 today and then by friday it's supposed to be 50 i'll take it yeah i will too i'm not going to complain but it just makes it a little slushy and muddy it does yeah and it's uh, makes makes my car really messy i know (laughs) i know i got to take my car you know it's one of one of the things that drives me nuts is my car getting dirty yep and i don't like it because i don't want the to rust and so right now our forerunners being used by another family that needed to use a vehicle. And so I know it's getting dirty right now and it's driving me nuts. And the one that I'm driving right now, the car that we're driving right now, I don't have one of those passes to go to fast Eddie's and get it clean whenever I want. Yep. So it's killing me. And so I'm like, and Amy's like, you're not going in there and spending 14 bucks to get it cleaned every time you go in there. Because the other one, I got a $23 thing a month and I can go in and. Yeah. I signed up for the the new one. Did you? Yeah. I went through there. Did you like it? I did like it. What I like about it is the, you pull out, you can vacuum it real quick oh that's true and pull out yeah so that makes it nice and then they have that whole bank of vacuums in the back do you see that i did yeah i was like man they're serious about getting your car vacuumed. yeah i like that well uh you've already heard his voice here a man who some days amazes himself and other days puts his keys in the fridge pastor matt was with me today you are in my house <laughs> way too often i think <laughs> well welcome well, to the podcast good morning and uh, of course there's me you know it's not a lot to say about me because I, i'm i don't know I'm not that I'm not that interesting, but I try. That is not true at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to take. It takes a while to get to know me before you uh, you figure that one out. Well, we have uh, some tweets here that have just come in, and uh, let me see if I can find the ones we. Oh, there they are. Okay, we got them from the uh, the fax machine we have here. Uh, someone tweeted in just while we we're just talking. Uh, did anyone else think that a group of hippopotamus should be called a boat instead of a bloat? Oh. Prove me wrong. Uh, oh, yeah. I, you, when you said it was a bloat, a bloat, yeah, I thought it could, it should be a boat because how big those stinking animals are. They are, yeah, yeah, they are pretty, but it's a pretty hurtful name for a group of fat animals. <laughs> They're deadly, though. I mean, they are deadly. They need to be called something a little bit more. I mean, because everybody's got such cute ideas about hippopotamus, right? You know, it's, yeah, it's kind of like the people that go to Yellowstone and like want to cuddle up with a buffalo. Yeah, right. Really? Oh, you yeah. want to? Yeah, I know. No. They could take your car out. Yeah. Well, uh, when you said that when you were talking about hippopotamus, apparently my phone was listening because I started getting all these videos <laughs> on Instagram about hippopotamus, Facebook, TikTok, all those things. And but they're the they're the worst ones, right? You got so they got a little baby like this one guy oh. was on there and he had a little baby hippopotamus they raised since it was a baby and then no. you come to find out attacked him later and he barely made it out of his life the, the hippopotamus he raised from yeah. a baby yeah they're, they're wild animals they're wild yeah. yeah and apparently they're they're deadly yeah and mean and mean yeah yep. you don't want to mess with them yeah uh, another podcast or i'm sorry another tweet that came in for the podcast if i answer all the bible trivia correct for a season of podcasts do i get to say that i'm a bible scholar long time guesser Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you can put a certificate together for you and yeah, you can make your own business cards on it. I would too. Yeah. yeah. And then you could get your marriage to get a license to marry people then. And why not? My, <laughs> that's what we do here. We want to make your life better. Uh, the last week we got here is uh, pastor Alex, uh, fake running on Sunday, reminding me to renew my gym membership this month. That's just hurtful. Just kidding. That's what they said. Wow. What Hashtag. You, thanks for the reminder. Fake running on Sunday. Did you, the second service where you watch it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I'm good. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Uh, apparently, well, I'm glad I was able to, you know, inspire, encourage, somebody. inspire somebody to yeah. go get their gym membership. Apparently, watching a fat man running out of their grave is not something people uh, 
I don't know, want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, I, I was, I thought it was hilarious that I was doing it. I was on the inspiration of that song and back behind me, the praise team, they're just yep. dying laughing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really guys, you know, yep. the, the laugh were, I, it's not like a laugh, like ha ha ha. This is inspirational. It's laugh. Ha ha ha. Look at the fat man running on the stage. That's what it was. <laughs> so anyways, we'll take an idea break. We'll be right back. Welcome to the water podcast with Pastor Alex and Pastor Gary. Are you ready to feel rejuvenated? I know I am. This is Francine coming to you with Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex. Get you ready. You're going to talk about Jesus. It's going to be a good time. All right. Let's go. <laughs> I have not heard that one yet. Francine, yeah. <laughs> If you well, you you know you've had those guys call you from India. Oh yeah, and they always have the the weirdest Americanized names. You know, yep. you know that's not their name. I am Bob. I'm Bob. Yeah, I had a guy call me the other day from one of the credit cards we have. His name is Kevin. Ooh, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you are not a Kevin. There's right. no way that your parents you know brought you to this world and said we're gonna call him Kevin. Yeah, there's no way. No way at all. Well, you know, we're in the fourth hour of our radio show. You know, we've already been on the air for a few hours. And so uh, in this hour, we want to let you know about things that help you to, uh, you know, kind of navigate the world around you. And so, you know, the lines are done. So we don't have anything on the lines, uh, you know, sadly. So we have the Super Bowl coming up. And if you're going to watch the Super Bowl, it's great. Uh, Pastor Matt, you have a Super Bowl party. We do. We got a youth group Super Bowl this Sunday. We'll be in the Youth Chapel Underground. I'm thinking about coming. Come on over. We'll I'm have we'll have it. plenty of food. We'll have uh, screens playing the game upstairs and downstairs, and yeah. it'll be a great time. So you know the kids are going to be doing all their stuff. Do you have like an old man section where we can just sit there and watch well, the game? Well, here's here's my pro tip for you. Yeah, get there early. Yeah, and just claim your spot on the couch, and then don't move. Don't move at all because as soon as you move, it's somebody's going to take it. Yeah, move your feet. Lose See, your seat. I can't. I'm, maybe I'll bring my own chair. You could. Yeah, I'll bring one of my folding chairs from the camp, and yep, and just use that because. <laughs> rocker yeah rocker just sit there all the time. don't talk to me i'm watching the game kids shut up yeah yeah well you know i i know some of the kids in, in your youth group pretty well and uh andrew you know he's uh chastin used to go to your yeah, group yeah, yeah chastin absolutely yeah so we've already been talking a lot about the game so maybe they'll be there and they nice. will watch the game yeah do you have any uh favorite super bowl food i still have to shop uh well you know wings are always a Plus, you have wings. I'm, I'm thinking about it. They just get so expensive. You know what you need to do? Okay, here's what you need to do. I'll bring my air fryer. Okay. My wife uses air fryer to make her chicken wings. Yep. Okay, I've got one too. So you just dump them in the air fryer, however long, you know, till they're really crispy. Then when you pull them out, you put the sauce on them. Yep. Whatever sauce you're going to do. And then you just throw them in the microwave to heat up the sauce. And they're the best wings you'll ever have. Really? Way better than B-dubs. I'm not a big fan of B-dubs. I'm not either, but... Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's the only wings place. Because we, we used to have the wing stop when we lived in Indiana. Oh, yeah. And that was really good. But, uh, yeah, that's the best way. They're real crispy. They're good. All right. But how, you can go get a whole bag of them at Walmart. How long How long does it take to cook them? Uh, I think she puts them in there for like five minutes. Wow. Are, yeah. they, are they pre-cooked or are they? No, they're they're frozen. All right. I'll have to check it out. I've got, a, I've got one at home. Yeah. I've got some wings in the freezer. So try them out. I'll sacrifice and do some research before <laughs> then. Let me, let me check on that time though for my wife, but I'm pretty sure it's five minutes. I mean, it seems like it to me. 40 kids get yeah. salmonella poisoning. <laughs> I know. Next thing you know. Well, uh, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, everybody get your shots. All right. <clears throat> so we have uh, interesting things that have come off the interweb for the news. This is a segment that we've had before the uh, line started playing and, well, we're going to get back to it because we've got some great stuff to look at here. Uh, the first thing that pops up on the headlines that you might want to know is uh, Punxsutawney. How do you say that? Punxsutawney? Punxsutawney? Punxsutawney. Yeah, now Punxsutawney. You, you planted it in my head. Right I know. Now I can't even hear it. <laughs> Punxsutawney. Uh, Phil, he predicts an early spring at uh, Groundhog Day event. Uh, Gobbler's Not Pennsylvania. It was full of uh, shouts and joy when Phil predicted that we would have six more weeks of winter. So doing the math, the winter will be over March 22nd. Mm. So put your... You know, put that on the calendar. March 22nd. Yeah, but you know, you know, statistically how many times he's been right? <laughs> Not very big. No. It's like low 30s. Uh, out of all the time he's been out there, low 30% that he's been right as to what's going on. Yeah, I was somewhere the other day and overheard a conversation at like a fast food restaurant or something. And they were talking about the spring weather. Yeah. And the comment was, uh, no, this is just the first false spring. Oh. First false spring. Okay. And so there's usually like four or five of those before it actually happens. Well, I'm believing in this little rodent here put your faith in it march 22nd it's gonna be it 
another one here, uh, Wichita, Kansas, a local pastor of the First Baptist Church has a new ministry team sanctioned. Uh, between the conservative service at 8 a.m. and the contemporary service at 9.45 a.m., he now has a sanctified pit crew that helps him change from a suit to a Hawaiian shirt. Pastor Gary says, between a mic that has to be taped to his face and exchange of his King James Bible to the New Living Bible, it's a challenge, and he needs a pit crew. I was like, are you kidding me? This is a real, real deal. For I mean, real. these are real, real uh, headlines, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so apparently this guy in the conservative service wears clergy garments. Yep. But then the contemporary service, he puts on a Hawaiian shirt. That's his go-to. And then he gets ready for the temporary service. And he has a pit crew to help him. He has people that, that help him get dressed. Yeah. And he calls them this pit crew. It's it's interesting. Maybe Pastor Gary should look into that, you know. How, how much time do they have between services? Not a lot. That's the thing. <laughs> Eight o'clock. But I can get dressed in like two minutes. Well, you know, if you got like the, it looked like he had like a like clergy robe and the collar and everything. So he has to take all that off and then get ready and then tape the mic to his face. Wow. Okay. It's a big deal, man. Yeah. It's a big deal. All right. Uh, here's another one. Arlington, Texas. Dan and Emily Wise have found a new challenge to their young marriage. Uh, after a few years of sitting in the same pew every Sunday, they felt a leading by the Almighty to change their perspective on faith in their marriage. Normally, they can be found in row three of their uh, medium-sized church. However, during a message about going to the mission field, they both felt that uh, God was pushing them to expand their horizon by moving to row 13. Dan said, being close to the front is what we have always done, but going to row 13 means that we'll be closer to the cry room which will really challenge our focus on the Sunday message. Oh. Emily said, sometimes we are called to step out of our comfort zone and go to places that are not always the easiest. That's, wow. Wow, that's, I mean, they got that from the sermon. Okay. It was <laughs> inspirational. They moved from row, what was it, row three to row 13. Wow. So, yeah, it's a big change for them. Well, I don't know if, I'm sure you, you can recognize this, but when you're on stage speaking yeah like you can you see where people normally sit right yeah and so like after a while like you expect to see them right i told sharon alton she threw me off sunday where, Norm, uh, normally she's on my right hand yeah, side if i'm yeah. looking out and she was over like on the left hand side like more of the heathen section over oh. there <laughs> and um and it threw me off for a little bit i know i i find it interesting uh where we normally sit that it's been changing like almost every sunday now so normally i'm thinking i'm going to sit next to the same people i'm sitting and then it's totally different and i'm like what is going on have, have you ever intentionally sat in someone's seat just to kind of watch the chaos uh yeah i have done that but not not intentionally it was yep. intentionally uh, yeah you sit there and and you're like um Hmm. The people are looking at you like, are you going to move or standing there for a while? Uh, yeah, the people, they'll start talking to other people. They're just kind of like, wait, it's kind of like waiting for a parking spot. You know, like at some point I saw the lights, they're going to get out of there. So I'm going to take the spot and then you don't move. Right. Yeah. And then eventually things start happening in the service. and like, oh crud, I got to find another parking spot. Yep. So then they do that. Yeah. It's, it's uh that should be like a podcast challenge. <laughs> like just find someone's seat and sit in it. <laughs> Just every week and yeah. just sh shuffle the whole congregation. People are going to be yeah. like, I had no idea you're going to this church. Yeah. What? What? Who are you? Yeah. I know. <laughs> that's my, my challenge. That's a, that's a good challenge. Challenge. My, my challenge, challenge is yeah. out there. Um, <laughs> Sit a different spot. Try see and, what happens. Try and tick someone off this Sunday by <laughs> sitting in their chair. I, you know, I've tried that before, you know, like I'll sit in another section away from where I normally sit, not taking any seat, but just sitting somewhere else. And then that's always a Sunday. Pastor Gary's like, all right, we're going to have people come up and pray for you. And then I got to walk from way back and you hear the floor, you know, creaking all the way as you're walking up to the front. There's never a good way to do it. So that's why I stay where I'm at, because I know it inevitably at some point, one of the Sundays that I. I'm not paying attention. Something's going to happen. I have to do something. Yep. So. Well, that's all of our uh, news on the web. If you're, you know, having a, a discussion with somebody, these are some things that I think will help you, you know, be icebreakers. And it's good to know. I, you know, I think it's good to know this stuff because if you don't, you know, you're going to be sitting around and people are going to be talking about the rodent who predicted uh, spring or, you know, the pastor who has a, a pit crew or, you know, Dan and Emily's uh, faith journey as they're moving to <laughs> from row 30 to row 13. Um, you know, as funny as that is, I, I think some people really do consider that to be a very difficult change. It is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the chairs in the very back, though. Have you yeah. sat in those? They, they're comfy. They're super comfy. Yeah. And when you sit in the chairs that normally sit in, and you go back there, it's kind of like going from a $30 chair from Ikea to, you know, a lazy boy. Right. That's what it feels like. Oh, no, I just... There's a youth group fundraiser right there. Yeah. I'm going to start selling like preferred seating for Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. I was I was almost tempted one Sunday. I'm like, you know, what if I took a couple of those green chairs, moved them over in my where I normally sit, 
Yeah. I wonder if anybody noticed. You know what we could do is we could do just a couple on your side and then a couple on the other side. That way it looks like it's intentional. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. nobody would do it. We're just I changing mean, the color schemes a yeah. little bit, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure I'd get busted for that. Well, let's take a night break. We're right back. <laughs> There's more to say. Get your feet moving. Get up from your office desk and start jiggling it. Yes, let's do this. You're on the more podcast. We'll be right back. I think that's Francine again, for sure. <laughs> I was like, who was that? I don't know. <laughs> All right, we got some more tweets that have come in here. Uh, while I've been gabbing her gums here. Uh, I tried to tell my husband that I, I don't want to shave my armpit hair anymore because Pastor Matt said it was a diffuser. <laughs> <laughs> he might be emailing the church. Fragrance oh. junkie for Jesus, hashtag. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said that. <laughs> I had so many images going through my mind. I know it, yeah. But I'm like, I have never thought of my armpit hair armpit hair as diffuser. Just Google it. I, I, I Google it, and that's what I found out. I think that's a great great way of looking at it. Yeah. It's a, unfortunate thing is all these patchouli-wearing people, they're thinking to themselves, yes, now I have a mandate from God not yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's my preference. Right, yeah. <laughs> Keep your diffuser shaved. <laughs> Use a diffuser another way. Uh, yeah, because some, I mean, you work with teens, right? Oh, yeah. You got a group of diffusers running uh, around. Next, next weekend, I will take a group to Spring Hill Camp. Oh, that's right. There'll be uh, probably 40 plus students with us. Is it high school or junior high? It is high school. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. whether it's high school or middle school, it takes about 2.7 seconds for that boy's cabin to smell like death. <laughs> and you've moved out of the axe era, right? So yeah, the axe spray middle, is not middle a big schoolers are a little bit more of the axe. High schoolers are... Moving into something a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was funny. The girls decided they were going to prank the boys cabin in middle school. Yeah. So they went in and sprayed a bunch of perfume and kind of made it smell girly. Yeah. yeah. And the problem is the boys came into the cabin and went, wow, it smells nice in here. (laughs) (laughs) They improved it for them. Yeah. They're like, wow, what's the fragrance? Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's nice. I love it. Uh, Funny story about fragrances. Uh, The other day, my wife and I were looking for a cologne I like. I like this cologne by Cremo. I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, so it used to sell it at Walmart, and so we go back to the area they had it had it normally, and it's not there anymore. And they're not, apparently not selling it anymore, but they have another type of cologne there. And so we're looking at all this cologne, and I'm like, "Oh, this is interesting smell." And my wife's like, um, "That's all ladies' perfume." <laughs> like, so they took out the guys' stuff and put all ladies' perfume. But I'm like, "It's in the same spot." Oh, I wish you were shopping by yourself. Oh man, I would have bought some because I'm thinking it smells good, man. Coming into the office, smelling all nice. <laughs> Yeah, boy, you smell like a spring day. You smell like a spring day right there. Is my grandma here? <laughs> that's the smell. I cannot figure out where that's from. Oh. Some some of the you know wonderful silver haired ladies in our our community have this perfume that I have no idea what it is, but whatever it is, it's kind of a mix of off spray and. <laughs> Some like maybe ammonia. I'm not sure. And my theory is that the older they get, the less their sensory, yeah, you know, tingle nose senses are because when they put it on, oh yeah, they layer it, and it's almost uh, seriously, it's almost like a gag reflex. Like I'll smell it, and I start coughing, like I got an asthma attack yep. or something. It's, it's slap you across the face. Yeah, probably getting some sort of black lung or something from that. I don't know. Uh, here's the last one. Uh, could the church start a Facebook marketplace church garage sale? Hashtag summer coming. Oh, that's a, that's a possible idea. Wouldn't that be a good idea? That would be good. Like a, just a place to post stuff. Yeah. Hmm. But it'd be like, uh, just for the church people to, so, I mean, that'd be kind of a cool idea. Is that, would that be hard to do? You think? No, I don't think it'd be hard at all. In fact, I remember years ago we had like a, like a monthly kind of newsletter that would go out. Oh yeah. Have people would be able to list stuff or their businesses or that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think we should look into modern that modern version of it. That's a great idea. Yeah, we could, you know, I because it was brought up on podcasts. I think it would be. Yeah, I agree. It'd be a really good youth group fundraiser. Oh Thank no, you. no, 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 Thank no, no! I appreciate <laughs> you bringing that while I'm here. Always thinking about me. I have no money, man. No money. <laughs> I get pence. I get little penance. That's what I get. I get nothing. Uh, my wife, you know, uh, we were talking about in staff meeting. I said, you know, that woman with her department's raised a hundred thousand dollars for missions and. I can't even come close to that. I have nothing, you know? So. Well, she's good at her job. She is good at her job. I said, you need to start fundraising for me. I need some money. Uh, because people don't realize 
that in my department, I'm the one that uh, gets all the stuff together for Wednesday Night Live. Yeah. So most of the printed material that seems to kind of percolate into the church comes from my department. So that's a lot of a lot of printed paper that I have to cover. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on. The small groups that we do twice a yeah. year, it comes out of my budget, my measly $1. I have to figure out. <laughs> Although, for you know, I have learned that there are some slush fund lines that are available that I try to sneak in every now and then. Oh, yeah. 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 And Man, then eventually Man, comes back. Mandy's good about catching that, though. <laughs> yeah, she does. What do, you, what do you mean this is not supposed to be there? I don't know. I tried to charge, charge a school a couple of times, and that didn't happen either. <laughs> oh, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly's good about noticing <laughs> that, too. Uh, well, we'll take a break and come right back. We want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. More podcasts. Well, last Sunday you gave us... uh a nice lesson on uh, different names for different groups of animals. And so I thought, you know, what's some other statistics or uh, facts we can pick up uh, that people might not know. You know, I didn't know half the stuff that you were talking about. I knew the pride lion pride. Right. Did you know flamboyance? I did not. That's, I a didn't. Fun, that's a fun one. That makes sense though. Yep. That, that does make sense. But I, you know, here's some other facts that you might want to use. I know a lot of people probably use those facts and told their friends, Hey, did you know that, you know, such and such, uh, did you know that a group of crows is called a murder? I did, yeah. In fact, I, I almost used that one. Yeah. I pulled it out. Just I was like, what? Yeah. Why? I, I don't get that one. Nope. But Well, here's some fun facts you can impress your friends with other than what you learned on Sunday. Um, I don't know if you've known this, knew this or not, but a, a monkey once ran in English town. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Hartlepool, UK, uh, once elected a, a football mascot, a monkey, as its mayor. Uh, he beat out the Labor's Party, uh, Peter Mendelssohn. To the job and it was actually the mayor for a year wow <laughs> a monkey you would you would think that when they realized it they would yeah right i mean seriously right. could you see him at like uh community meetings at the <laughs> monkey whipping the banana budget in that <laughs> town was through the roof i love that uh here's another fact a fun fact that you might want to know uh did you know that tea came came about by chance what came about by chance? tea tea like the tea you like, drink yeah really Came about by chance. According to ancient discoveries, tea became a drink after it blew into boiling water and someone had the guts to try it. Uh, that was just, definitely a, like a youth group. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's try that water. I dare to drink it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Somebody was. There was a lot of dares going on at that point. Uh, China was actually the first to monopolize in this accident and then the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, thank so, you. Thank yeah, you thank for you. that accident because I love my unsweetened iced tea. So it wasn't like somebody actually premeditated, you know, this idea of let, let's see what leaves do to, to water. Right. It was just, a, it was an accident. Let's drink this yeah. brown, nasty liquid. But it was boiled. That was mentioned. It was boiled water. So okay, I, I don't know. Um, that's interesting to know. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not. Play-Doh was never intended to be a toy. Did you know that? No. What was it made for? Uh, it was first developed as a wallpaper cleaner. Oh, I think I do remember here. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found a video of it on YouTube where they were actually selling it like that. Wow. And uh, yeah, this this woman takes the Play-Doh and she's wiping down the the wallpaper with it apparently you know back in the day when they were you know burning coal and stuff to the, the one way to get the dust off was to use play-doh to get it off and wow yeah uh it wasn't until the manufacturer realized that the non-toxic nature of the product would uh, make a great children's toy that the whole aim of the product changed they, so they took it off the market as a cleaner and turned it into a toy and then everybody had dirty walls <laughs> yeah, colored walls from the, <laughs> the 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 dye in it and everything else uh, this is one that I thought was interesting. I had to look this up to make sure it was true, but it actually is true. Uh, doctors used to prescribe ketchup For as a what? medicine, as medicinal. Like, what would it treat? Uh, that I didn't know. I could not find that out, but they would use it for pretty much everything. Oh. So if you had an upset stomach, ketchup. ketchup. If you had a headache, ketchup. <laughs> Whatever. Somebody uh, owned a ketchup factory. Somebody owned a ketchup factory. That's probably how Heinz got so famous. Well, it's not prescribed for any kind of ailment uh, these days. It was relied on the 19th century for all kinds of bodily issues. Wow. People actually rubbed it on their sores. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, you know, I was thinking about that. Ketchup has vinegar, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a healing that, property. Doesn't it also have like 
10 pounds of sugar. <laughs> Maybe back then the ketchup didn't have that much <laughs> sugar. You know, we've, uh, we've changed it over the years. The, you know, it's not the same as it was. Uh, here's the last one. Uh, did you know that there is more play money than real cash in America? Really? Yeah. It's a lot of monopoly games. That is. Uh, apparently in the U.S. there's actually more monopoly money that leaves the presses than real tender. So they print more monopoly money than we print. Well, basically our money is becoming monopoly money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's getting to that point now. Hasbro is going to become the new printer of American currency. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's getting there. Uh, well, we're going to take a break and come back for Raptor Red News. More podcasts where curiosity meets insight. Tune in, delve deeper, and discover more. Get rapture ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. Well, uh, this Rapture Ready News, we got an interesting article that uh, just came out in uh, February, yesterday actually, uh, from the Christian Post. Uh, therapist whistleblower quits job after being bullied into affirming kids' trans identities. Wow. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about this on this show, that, uh, you know, people are making decisions when it comes to some of the things that are happening in this society we live in. Yep. And uh, this this woman actually uh, had to leave her job. Uh, a therapist in Washington state has become the latest whistleblower to raise concerns about so-called gender affirming care, revealing that she was bullied into approving all requests for minors seeking gender transition uh, procedures. In an op-ed published by the Free Press on Monday, Tamara Pites uh, outlined her experience working at MultiCare, which she described as one of the largest hospital systems in the state of Washington. Uh, Tamara, who obtained a master's degree in social work from the University of Washington in 2012, worked as a therapist at MultiCare for six years until she resigned. Uh, in the last year, she said, I noticed a concerning new trend in my field. She recalled, I was getting uh, the message from my supervisors is that when a young person I was seeing expressed discomfort with their gender, the diagnostic term is gender dysphoria. I should should throw out all my training hmm. no matter the patient's history or the other mental health uh, situations that could be complicating the situation i was simply to affirm that the patient was transgender and then approve the start of medical transition and so wow. because of that she said i walked away and it's interesting is that through this process if you read the op-ed a little bit more uh, she's really started embracing her faith as though this was probably the reason why her conscience was so yeah so heavy in this area that she just didn't feel like this is the way it's supposed to be uh, it's it's neat to see people that are in this industry that are stepping back and saying whoa this is not good you know yeah. and there's a reason for it right um it's so hurtful it is hurtful and you know i was just uh, i just got a newsreel this morning there's been a long uh court case in texas about a father fighting for his son him and his wife divorced his wife said that his their son wants to be a girl so she wanted to start the process of him going through all the medical uh, procedures that go along with it and so he's been fighting it and i think he's been fighting it for about four years he was on, he was on glenn beck talking about mm -hmm. it and it and uh, the article said he just lost the case and so they, oh, they basically have given the mother the go ahead to do what she thinks needs to be done and you know his whole point is that this her their son is eight years old eight and he has no old. yeah eight years old and he really i mean i i love the um uh, it's a commercial that I, I don't know who put it out, but they were talking about how kids at certain ages, there should not be a choice in this regard. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things they do is they have a hundred dollar bill and they have a chocolate bar and they put it out in front of the child and they say, yeah, which would you rather have? And, the, and every child pick the chocolate bar, not the hundred bucks. Right. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense, you know, that mm. they, that's the value they see in that. And so it seems like it, a child could be very manipulated into moving in a direction that they really don't have an understanding of why they're doing it to begin yeah. with. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense at all. There's so many laws that restrict kids from making decisions or doing certain things because yeah. they're not capable of making those decisions. And yet we're going to allow them to make a decision that will affect the rest of their lives. Yeah. Irreversible. Irreversible. Never, you know, and the thing is, is that, uh, this is, the uh, 
an article that came out of England, uh, basically people, they're finding that people have gone through the transition all the way uh, that now are thinking about coming back, you know, wanting to be what they were, what they're born to be. Uh, they're having a lot of uh, suicide, a lot of uh, depression issues, a lot of anxiety because uh, they just can, they can never change it now. And yeah. once you go to, once you go to a certain level, there's just no way of turning there's back. There's no going back. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate. But uh, that's why we, we have to stand up for these children. You know, when you start seeing this stuff happen in your schools where they're saying, we need to teach your kids more of this stuff. I know there's a drag show that's happening in Petoskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw the announcement for that. that. It's going to be at, uh, um, I think they said the VFW Hall. They're going to be doing a, a drag show. And uh, wow, they're doing they're doing an homage to American music, you know, um, you know. Uh, things that we would say are uh, a part of the American identity, the songs that we've grown up with or whatever. Uh, but the problem is, is that they're all drag queens and these, and it's just, they're inviting the kids from schools. They're like, Oh, this is going to be a great thing. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's the stuff we're living in right now. I know you probably have, you know, a big job in your hands working with. Yeah. Kids. It's definitely been interesting to see <clears throat> it evolve through the years. Yeah. And uh, the sad part about it is, you know, kids are just being so bombarded with uh, the lies yeah. of the enemy. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're sitting in school and they're sitting with quote unquote counselors who are affirming and encouraging rather than helping kids kind yeah. of process through feelings and emotions. And um, it's just getting more and more difficult for them to kind of wade through the lies to see the truth. Well, I'm, I'm putting you in the spot, but what, what was some advice you, would you give to our, our families in the church? Oh, that's a really good question. Putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I would say uh, start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Just have the conversation. I think uh, a lot of times around these areas, uh, parents don't know what to say or, or what to do. Yeah. And so they just kind of get quiet and yeah. they get silent. And then the kids are left to kind of process it on their own and they're going to their friends or they're going to that counselor that isn't on the same. Yeah. So don't be afraid to have the conversations. Don't be afraid to seek out kind of some counsel yeah. and bring some other people in to go, how, how do we handle this? What's What's really going on? Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think it's always that big of a problem or maybe kids are just kind of uh, following the trend or at least thinking about the trend that is going on? I mean, do you always think it's really is as uh, in depth that it is, you know, cause it seems like to me that some of these kids uh, make these choices because, you know, like we grew up, I mean, there's trends that are happening and we're like, oh, absolutely. You know, um, to me, sometimes it just seems like some of that is, you know, some of that pressure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I definitely think, you know, a good part of it is that's kind of the trendy thing right now. I don't know if that's yeah. the best word for it, but right, yeah. that's what everybody's talking about. And, the, you know, everybody's affirming and supporting the LGBT yeah. community. And so if you're not, you're hateful. And so I think there's definitely that pressure. I think uh, I think it's really, I mean, it's the end times. It's yeah. the work of the enemy. Yeah. Really uh, attacking are this generation, you know, I heard a quote years ago, but one generation allows the next enjoys. Yeah. And so it has been a slow process because yeah. I, you know, when you and I were kids, yeah. you know, you didn't, it was rare to see, you know, uh, a gay or a lesbian person on a television oh, show yeah. Yeah. Or, or even talked about. And uh, <clears throat> through the years it's been, you know, you'd see it every once in a while. And now you can't, you can't watch a television show where it's not affirming that right. community in some way. And so it's just the enemy has normalized that lifestyle. Yeah. And you got a whole generation of kids that if parents and families and churches aren't talking about it, they're just going, yeah, this is normal. Yeah. Cause that's all they've ever known. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the show King and Queens. Yeah. Kevin James. Yeah. Uh, uh, he said that his show would have probably been canceled now because oh. they, they made so many jokes about gay lifestyle and that kind of stuff. And he's yep. like, uh, He's got a new, uh, I don't recommend it, but he's got a new stand-up thing and he's talking about how he doesn't apologize for any of that. He said, uh, that's for us, you know, growing up, that's not what we didn't see that as being normal. Mm-hmm. He goes, I technically still don't see it as normal, but he goes, we live in a world, he said, that that whole show would have been canceled. And uh, I was thinking about that myself. I'm like, you know, I grew up in an era like you where people like that were considered to be outcasts and, and the weirdos. And then all of a sudden now it's normalized. It's almost like we're in a, you know, the... Twilight Zone, you know, where things have been flipped. Uh, imagine if you, uh, you know, go back in time to where, you know, those things were, and then you move forward to where we are. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be shocked, you know, seeing how things have changed just within a short period of time. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. <clears throat> uh, we've moved to a society where uh, we make our decisions and we live our lives based on our feelings. Yeah. This is what I feel like. I feel like this is who I am. Yeah. And the problem is uh, feelings are not forever. Right, yeah. And when we make decisions that uh, have forever consequences, it's just going to continue to snowball the, the, the downfall of our society. And, and yeah. it's going to bring a lot of hurt. 
Well, and then, you know, eventually these kids are going to come to the realization that they were manipulated into something. Yep. And, and just imagine that fallout, you know, within our society. Uh, and, and the parents, I, I really don't understand how parents can think they're well-meaning when they move in that direction. I mean, that's quite a big decision, especially like that eight-year-old child. That's a huge decision, uh, you know, uh, to start moving and thinking that realm. Uh, some of these parents, I, I think, are going to really, really regret their their decisions, you know. Yeah, it's it's that kind of the old concept of uh, parents being more friends yeah. than they are parents. Yeah, right. And the parents are there to guide and lead and direct and protect, and they're more worried about making their kids happy. Yeah, right. Yeah. I grew up in an era where my people tell me all the time, you don't know what you want. You're not old enough yet. Which is yeah. true. Yeah. I didn't know what I want when I was eight years old. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be everything from the president to the astronaut right. to thank God I'm not on a shuttle, man. Yeah. We'd be in trouble. <laughs> or to be the president. Right. I mean, you, you want to think it's bad now with Biden, <laughs> you know, Alex is president would be really bad. I'm going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. You just jumped into a whole hornet's nest of awesomeness. I'm just saying right now. You better get yourself ready because we got more stuff for you on the more podcast. Louise! Louise! Come on! Get over here because we're getting ready for the more podcast. seem really shocked by a lot of our id breaks don't you you know i haven't heard these ones <laughs> and there I've, I've that one i was like i'm trying to figure out who that is uh pretty much most of these are me yeah yeah, I, I did, yeah. you did a really good one that one. I, didn't. I try you know i try to change it up uh man of many voices uh you know i get to live out all my dreams on this podcast, you know, being weird. All right. We're going to talk about Harbor Light Bible Trivia. Uh, if you want to be a part of the Harbor Light Bible Trivia and be put in the drawing for one of our awesome podcast shirts, all you have to do is send your answer to this question today to HarborLightBibleTrivia at gmail.com, HarborLightBibleTrivia at gmail.com, all lowercase, and let us know what you think the answer is. And uh, Pastor Matt has been digging through the Bible, and he's found himself a question I do. that he's going to present. I've got, I've got a question. For Here we go. Here's the question. Which two <coughs> gospel book, books were not written by one of jesus's disciples oh which two which of two the gospels were not written by one of jesus's disciples gospels that's a key the gospels yeah the gospels which you're talking about four yes four yeah, four gospels <laughs> well if you know the answer to that bible trivia i, I didn't quit talking because my wife says i give it away all the time uh we send it to harborlight bible trivia gmail.com harborlight bible trivia gmail.com all over our case and let us know what your answer is and then we'll put you in the drawing for one of our new uh podcast t-shirts which we're going to be making more because now that we have the sweatshop set up uh we can we can do it uh, we have workers. Bam. We, yeah. We <laughs> we brought them in on the boat and they're here ready to make t-shirts and we're good to go. And uh, they don't get paid much. So, you know, to make their t-shirts, it's kind of like the Oompa Loompas, you know, they enjoy doing it. <laughs> Did you just call yourself an Oompa Loompa? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the bigger guys, you know, <laughs> this is, uh, this is Bob, Bob, the big uh, Oompa Loompa. Uh, yeah. So we have ways of making t-shirts now. So we're, we're really excited about that. So we can do anything. And, and one of the things I think we were talking about, Pastor Gary and I, uh, we want to start putting uh, his special quotes from Sundays. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I asked him, I said, you know, a couple Sundays ago, he, he told us what a dirt hole was. And I said, can I put that on a t-shirt? And he's like, probably not. <laughs> I just think it'd be cool, like, on the shirt says, I'm not a dirt hole, Pastor Gary. <laughs> I think that'd be oh. that'd be a special shirt, wouldn't it? That would be something. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> and hopefully he's not listening to this podcast. Uh, I need to keep my job here. But uh, we're taking a break. We're right back. We want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom. Discover your destiny. And make an eternal difference more podcast well we just started a brand new three-week series called church as looking at how the church is often mentioned in the new testament as the body the family and the bride well, Pastor Matt started off this series by looking at the church as the body, taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Well, it goes through 12 through 31 if you read the whole passage. 
And uh, he talked about what it meant to be the body. Uh, so I got Pastor Matt here to kind of give us some uh, more detail onto his message because a lot of times, you know, one of the things is we don't get to tell everything we want to talk about on Sunday because it's, you know, only got 20 some minutes and mm-hmm. I know we've got a lot going on, but I definitely want to get into this message. I, you know, as you can witness right here, I took notes on it. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, yeah, I was. I, uh, I saw you. I was preparing myself for the podcast, just you know, so I have something to talk about. But uh, you were talking about it being the body, and uh, your big quote that I, I love so much. He says, "You are not the body; we are the body." Yeah, yeah. What what was uh, what does that mean uh, to us? Yeah, you know, I think uh, as we kind of mentioned a little bit on Sunday, the church is the hope for the world. I mean, we are the uh, hope for the world. We as the church and. Um, I think we live in a world where uh, it has shifted to uh, being very individualistic, and it's all about me and what I'm doing. Yeah. And the church is not that. Right. Like, in fact, you know, you'll hear you're the body of Christ, and you're not the body of Christ. You're a part of the body of yeah. Christ. And uh, as soon as you kind of get in that mindset of uh, it's all about me, you're missing out on us coming together as the different pieces to to accomplish the goal and the mission that Christ has given us. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting uh, because I think we do. I think a lot of times we do think, uh, or at least we've grown up with the mindset that you are you are the body. But obviously, like you just said, we're a part of it. And so we 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 kind of miss the 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 joy of becoming a part what, what is our part and, right. and then embracing that part and it becomes kind of a confusing thing like all of a sudden well, like we're everything you know no we're not we're finding our part finding our role finding our um thing that God's called us to right and and I think that's so important because you know in the church sometimes it's very confusing um it is a it is a big thing to understand the the great wonders of who God is and what the church is and all these different things and so to realize that I don't have to worry about all those things yeah I just have to do my part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciated, uh, you know, we kind of started with the, the silly animal game. I love but, <laughs> but the, the idea that uh, each of us individually have value. Yeah. Like we have an important role. Every, every role is important. And kind of the, the picture of that building site, you know, when you get all the building materials uh, dropped off on the building yeah. site, yeah. every, every piece on that property has value and it has a place and it is needed. Yeah. But if it's, if it's all separate, Right, it's not going to create this beautiful thing called a house. And uh, as the body of Christ, when we come together and your gifts yeah. uh, accompany my gifts and vice versa, that's when we get to really see God work through us. Yeah, speaking about those houses you posted, yeah, I mean, wouldn't it have been great to buy a house for like eighteen hundred bucks? I know it. And then you just got to find somebody to put it together. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd figure it out myself for that much money. Oh my gosh, I was, I was thinking about that because you know some of the builders in our our church here, you know, talking about the houses they're building. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of them are way, 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 way more than the eighteen hundred bucks. You know. Oh yeah, what is it? I think it's average is like between four and six hundred dollars a square foot now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, my my little house is nine hundred and forty square feet, and uh, you know, we we were looking on Zillow how much is you know it's worth now because things have been changing our our area in top and be, and it has jumped already seventy three thousand dollars in that in worth. And we've only lived in it for three years. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding? We're not selling, but it's just like, are right. you kidding me? Yep. Uh, that houses have changed that much, but even that little bit, and then looking at $1,800 house. Uh, but yeah, talking about all those things that come into play. I mean, it is amazing. And then you showed some videos of these characters, which I thought were perfect. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it was by a bus company, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was a bus yeah. company. It was just, it was just to kind of illustrate that thing of when we come together, Yeah we can accomplish really great things. Yeah. And it is, it is, uh, you know, Pastor Gary says it and you say it all the time with, uh, you know, a circle's not rose. When we come together yeah. and we can have those conversations when we can support each other, that's when we get to accomplish some great things <laughs> yeah. that we could never do on our own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the little crabs fighting this. <laughs> oh, that was my yeah. favorite one. I love that one. Comes <laughs> Then the part that I didn't catch the first time was that one crab went over and snipped the last, last feather. Yeah. Feather. He's <laughs> like, you're not getting up, buddy. Uh, but the question, you know, I think a lot of times is, you know, when we start really thinking about what is going on in the community, what would it look like if there was, if we were only just one body part or we we're only emphasizing one body part instead of the whole body? Yeah. I, I think that'd be kind of odd. I mean, uh, give us some insight into that. You know, uh, sometimes we look at the pastor as being, you know, the the church yep, or, absolutely. you know, so that's, that's the one thing, but he's really just the mouth, but there's so many other things that have to be a part of that. Um what what maybe some of the drawbacks, some of the uh, positive and negatives with that when we think about just having one uh, member being emphasized in others? 
I think it restricts what we can actually do. Yeah. You know, I I love Harbor Light and I love being a part of this church and this community because um, Pastor Gary does a great job yeah. uh, teaching and preaching on Sunday mornings and he encourages the congregation. He challenges us and uh, he he does his part so that the rest of this body can go out and do their part. Right. You know, um, their Chelsea in that back hallway uh, in with her team is pouring into kids. Yeah. And we have uh, Amy who's leading people that would never have the opportunity or even have the uh, the boldness to go on a trip yeah. that are all of a sudden exploring like this this deep passion that they have for missions inside of their lives. Yeah. Because because Amy's doing her part. And then you then you've got people uh, that are getting up early on Sunday mornings yeah. and driving a bus, which seems so insignificant. Right, yeah. But are bringing men here yeah. that are in the midst of recovery uh, that are finding community. Yeah, and and we've heard it over and over again where these guys are saying, "When I get out, I want to come back to Harbor Light." Yeah, I feel like I'm a part. And Pastor Gary can't drive the bus, right? Yeah, he can't. He can't do the children's ministry. He can't. He can't. He can't lead the school like Kelly yeah. is doing or yeah. whatever. And um, we get to do amazing things in this community in this world because everybody's playing their part. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that in my small group uh, after service, and uh, one of the people we highlighted was uh, Karen Mendel. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing to me, you know, her many jobs that she's had in this church over the years, but now she's settled on just, just being a janitor yeah. and, uh, really, you know, when you talk to her, she's having just as much fun as it seems like she would have done anything else that she's done in the church. Yep. But, uh, you know, it's just something simple as that is so needed yep. in the community and, and the people that don't always get all the praise or not in the limelight all the time. Uh, it's amazing uh, what it would be like if they weren't here because when they when they aren't here and we have to deal with it in another way or rally other people to kind of fill the gap, I think you get a sense of why it's so important to have certain people doing their part in the body. Yep. And uh, you, don't always, you don't always think that way, right? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll jump on Karen Mindel a little bit more. You know, we, uh, we probably have one of the best live streams mm-hmm. for our services in probably upper half of Michigan. Oh yeah, like, definitely. It is, yeah. it is beautiful. That was uh, something that God put in Karen's heart. Yeah, she doesn't. She's not good with computers or technology <laughs> or anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. But she said, "All right, this is this is my role right now." And yeah. She's gathered the people around her uh, to make it happen. Yeah. And so I got to sit in the green room with uh, Stuart Cunningham, who's I as part of that team. Yeah. Sits on a camera, and he made the comment. He says, ah, "When I get to heaven, you know, I'll I'll be there with Billy Graham. Yeah. You know, I'm not on his level, kind of a thing." But yeah. He's making a difference, just like Billy Graham did. Oh, because yeah. Because on yeah. Sunday morning, those people that maybe aren't ready to step foot into a church are yeah. stumbling across that live stream. Yeah. And people from all over the world and all over the country are watching that, and all because they're doing their part. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see when yeah people step up and do their their uh, part in the the church. It, it, it's just a wonderful thing. It's really uh, an amazing thing, and we see that happening with all different kinds of roles. Uh, I, to me, I'm always, uh, I, I don't know. It just kind of makes me feel good when I walk into the lunchroom mm. and I see, you know, these parents and people that are in our church that are volunteering their time to help their children. I mean, what other school would you see parents stepping up to clean tables and do what they're doing? Um, and it's all because they believe that God's put them in a place to do something for, you know, the community. That's their part. That's their part in the body. Uh, but it's so needed uh, in this whole thing. I mean, they're not teaching kids. They're right. not teaching a class, they're not doing any class whatsoever. Their main job is just to make sure that the, the tables are clean yep. uh, uh, during the week. And and it's those kind of things that I think are so special. I know one of the, the mandates Pastor Gary gives the staff all the time is to make sure that you find those people that seem insignificant and let them know how much you appreciate them. Yeah. And uh, we do, we try our best to to, to find those people and see them and, and say, say something yep. to let them know that we are watching. We do see uh, how important you are to the community. And I, I think the big part of what you said is uh, those people those people, those things that seem insignificant, yeah, but oftentimes are some of the biggest things. Oh yeah, you know, a clean building, yeah, uh, you know, will uh, a messy building will turn someone off, yeah, so they don't even want, they don't even can even hear the message of Jesus, right? Because they're smelling something. Because yeah, they're smelling something, or they're like, <laughs> man, they, they don't care about this place. Why should I care about right, it? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really important. Um, some of the things you brought up in in your message, I thought was interesting. Um, was that you were talking about how important diversity mm-hmm. is, how, how crucial it is to the success of a community. Um, I know we've been talking about the different parts of the body, but can you expound a little bit more on this idea of, of diversity a little bit more uh, and how you were trying to 
uh, bring it up in the service because basically uh, you mentioned in here that if we we don't uh, have this mindset of diversity, uh, one of the things, one of the side effects is that pride steps in when certain people are elevated more than yeah. others. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it kind of goes back to we're all different. And I I grew up in a uh, lower middle class white mm-hmm. family in a church, and I grew up uh, with a you know a certain way of thinking and uh, expectations. And I can get funneled into that's the way it is. Yeah. And the reality is, is Northern Michigan's different than yeah. where I grew up downstate <laughs> and where I lived in Tennessee. And uh, if if I if I go, hey. This is the way we're going to do. It. I'm I'm a pastor on staff. Yeah, yeah. I am missing uh, the student that is uh, in the public school every day. Yeah, in my ear, going, "Hey, this this is what I think we should be doing. This is how right. we can reach these people." Yeah, um, because uh, they're in it and yeah. their their experience is different. So I think that diversity is super important, just because we're diverse people. Yeah, and um, we're a church for all people. Yeah, and uh, you know. Jesus got upset when um, in the when he flipped over the tables. Yeah, and what was his statement there? He was, you know, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Yeah, quoting from what was it Deuteronomy? Yeah, for all the nations. Yeah, and uh, that means that everybody's coming in, yeah. and so we've got to be ready to do that and meet that. And you know what? I um, there's things that I don't enjoy. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. I hear but, you. Um, but other people do. Yeah. And uh, like I. I do not want to work in children's ministry. Okay, <laughs> me, me neither. Me I, neither. I like I like working with kids who can go to the bathroom on their own. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, and and if I discredit that, yeah, I'm not going to only lose those kids, but I'm going to lose their whole families. Yeah, and uh, it's not going to be a place. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, that's but. good. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting when you when you're talking about this idea of diversity. Uh, you know, I think churches sometimes have a very tunnel visioned idea of what the church should be. And when you expand that and you realize that all these other parts are just as important, mm-hmm. you know, they're not uh, subpar to what we think is the main role. And one thing I, I love about it, you probably would affirm this with me, but, you know, Herbalite does a good job. Like if they, we see that you have a gifting or something that you can move in, we're doing everything we can possible to get you to move in that direction. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes people don't realize that they have a gift. Mm-hmm. Until we begin to start saying, listen, I think this is part of your life. I think you have this ability to do that. And and then one of the things I think is interesting uh, over my time here is that some people don't think what they do is a gift. Like right. it's, you know, for real, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day and they, they said, all we do is, you know, come and, you know, fix things in the church or we build stuff for, you know, the church. You know, they don't really see that as a, a gift in the church. They see it as their, that's what they do as a job. Yeah. But, you know, I, I had to sit down and I just kind of looked him in the eye. I'm like, do you realize if you were not doing what God gave you the gift to do, yep. things would not get accomplished in that area? Yep. And I think that's something that we often uh, don't consider in ourselves that, you know, I think God has invested in all of the believers in this church in some special way to do something for the church. And we don't always realize that that's a gift from God. God has been uh putting things in your life to prepare you for what you can do for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when churches don't emphasize that or encourage that, I think it's a problem. I think the, the, then you have a very stagnant environment. Yeah. Well, here you go. Um, Sunday morning, I told this to Karen. Yeah. It's, it's the Karen show today. Yeah. Karen. But yeah. Um, I remember years ago when Pastor Gary says, Hey, we're going to start live streaming our services. Yeah. Okay, great. If I'm honest in the back of my head, I'm like, what do we need to live stream the services for? Yeah. Right. Like we got 300 people coming Yeah. and you know, okay. So Alex is sick. Yeah. All right. So we're going to put all that energy and work into, yeah. so he can stay home and sleep in bed. Yeah, right. Okay. I was short-sighted because I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. I was, I was supportive, but in the back of my head, I'm like, we don't really need this. Yeah. If it was my call, we probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Wow. If we wouldn't have. Yeah. When when COVID hit. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. We were, churches all over this nation were scrambling. To try to get it up. We were already yeah. there. Yeah. And we weren't just there. We were doing it well. Yeah. And then it's not just for Alex who's sick. Right. It is amazing the number of people that are tuning in every week. Oh, yeah. That are, that, that ministry is a huge part of. If if I would have been narrow sighted, yeah. Uh, if Pastor Gary would have been, we would have missed out on a whole lot of opportunities. And yeah, it's become major ministry. Yeah, and it's been interesting how people have stepped up that uh, seem to have giftings in that department. You know, uh, Stephanie Monti, I see her back there a lot. Yeah, uh, 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 Mary Louise, I see her back there. I don't know what she's doing back there, but she oh, does. absolutely, yeah. That woman can do anything, really. She will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just amazing to see these people uh, 
pick up a ministry that we really didn't really know that we needed or had, or, yeah. you know, it was part of us. And then it's there, uh, you know, it's, it's like that with everything people, you know, talking about just moving snow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's amazing to see how many guys get so excited about the fact that they have an opportunity to do something for the church that they normally don't do, which is to shuffle snow with the, you know, right. I'm just like, yep. really? Okay. You can come to my house. I appreciate <laughs> it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, that you brought up was this idea of, of unbelief. Mm. in the parts and you know it's kind of piggyback on what we just talked about and not being not belonging uh because they don't feel like they really my, have anything my to offer. role yeah. is not significant yeah. at all yeah i just feel i think i think a lot of people struggle with that they go well you know it is it is just kind of doing little repairs around the church yeah that doesn't really matter somebody else can do it somebody else will do it better than i am yeah and that that unbelief and kind of the sense of like not really fully embracing the fact that God has you a part of this body for a reason. Right. Yeah. Like you're, you're not just a wart on the skin. <laughs> yeah. You're not just there. Like you play a role. And uh, when the enemy can convince us that we don't, that we're insignificant or our, our role doesn't matter. Um, we not only hurt ourselves, right. Yeah. When we serve and we use our gifts, we grow. Yeah. Like we're hurting the rest of the body. Yeah. There's, there's something missing. Why, what in the narrative of the church is, makes people think that, I mean, why uh, there's so many things that need to be done, but why do people in their mind somehow uh, minimize the fact of what God's given the gifts for? Because, you know, you got people that come out of management experiences and so they, they're really good at helping us organize mm-hmm. things within the church or you, you have people that were, um, you know, stayed at home, like a mom stayed at home. And then she comes into the, the kids ministry and she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, why do you think these people get this narrative in their head that this is, this is not really a gift. This is just, I'm going to do something. Hmm. What, when, what, what's the church putting out there that sometimes makes people feel that way? You know, I don't think Harbor Light does it, but I think uh, the American church kind of struggles with kind of making celebrities of mm-hmm. pastors in those, yeah. those roles. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's that, that mindset, but if, well, if I'm not, if I'm not in the light, Right. And uh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think sometimes we uh, we don't realize how um, gifted we are. Yeah. You know that the things that the things that come easy to you, like you are amazing at this, and <laughs> your creativity, yeah. and your writing, and your teaching, and like I know you work at it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it uh, it is it comes natural to you because that's the way God wired you in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you, I imagine for you, it can be like, ah, this isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, because it's something you enjoy and love. And so I think sometimes we we discredit our own abilities and gifts. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think you're right. I think you know, uh, you get a mindset of what you think the body should look like, and unfortunately, it's very. <laughs> It's not the way a, a body looks like, right. you know. Uh, and, it's, I mean, yeah. And I think it's kind of like, you know, you can go, um, uh, it's easy to, uh, anybody can get up and preach. Right, yeah. Right? Well, anybody can get up on that stage and say something. Right, yeah. <laughs> but you and I have heard both. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some people that shouldn't be on that stage. Yeah, really. Like, because that's just not what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing with the music music ministries and all those different things. I mean, uh, yeah, it seems like sometimes people get spotlighted like, oh, man, I wish, you know, I could do that or whatever else. But you know, for me, uh, one of the things I enjoy on a Sunday is walking in and knowing that we have people at the welcome center yeah. that are smiling and they're excited to welcome people in. Yep. To me, that is like a huge role more than Absolutely. pretty much anything else, you know, that happens in the beginning of the morning. Yeah. And I think about like Jessica McFall yeah. who takes that role seriously. Oh, she does. Yeah. Like very seriously. Like she wants to make sure that we have what is needed for those guests yeah. and that her team, that the other people are equipped for that. Yeah. And like she's good at organizing and she will, she'll take that usher's room and yeah. uh, she's taken ownership of that. And yeah. that's her gifting. She does it well. And she does it well. But it's, it's so important, you know, because I think if, you know, just think about that one job when somebody comes in and they don't have somebody that's smiling at them and saying, welcome to, you know, Harbor Light. Uh, but you, you go, I mean, you've probably been to churches where you walk in and people look at you like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, it, it really sets who the tone for the rest of it. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Really sets the tone. But when you got people that are welcoming you and hugging you and wanting to get to know who you are, and uh, it's just a, it's a wonderful first step into the possibility of what God wants yeah. to do in their life. I'm a pastor. I go to church for a living, mm-hmm. but like, it's amazing how uncomfortable it is when I go to a church that I don't know anybody. Oh yeah. And, um, like that role to make people go, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It makes a big, it does. Yeah. I think so. Um, one of the last things I wanted to look at was your message here was as a church, we do not simply gather, we come together and assemble. Um, 
What do you mean by that? Yeah, we uh, we don't simply gather. We come to be assembled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when we kind of are approaching our gifts, either in that pride way or that unbelief way, you know, I'm, I'm better than everybody else or I'm not good enough, we kind of isolate ourselves when in reality we gather so that we can bring our gifts together. Yeah. And um, I wish that I could say... Uh, uh, all of our gifts are when God puts them in us, they're perfect. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. Yeah. And in fact, we're constantly growing in them and uh, we're evaluating them and we're having people uh, do that iron sharpens iron in our lives to yeah. help us get better. And so I think part of us gathering on Sundays or in small groups or in, in free life or in Wednesday night live classes is the coming together to let the Holy Spirit bring us together yeah. to sometimes even reveal what those gifts and talents and abilities and reveal to us what that role is. And if we're just gathering, if we're yeah. just showing up to fill a seat or to check off a church attendance thing, we're missing out on the opportunity for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, l- I like that idea when you talked about it uh, coming together, assembling, uh, because it m- means that it's, it's an active worship experience. Like you're not just coming here to sit in a seat yeah. and, and listen to somebody preach and then go home. Because I, you know, I, I pastored in, you know, in churches I pastored that people are so in a hurry to get out of there to get to family dinners, yep. get to the restaurant, whatever it is. And, and, and then what happens in the service kind of gets, you know, overlooked because yep. they're so busy thinking about something else, but it's amazing when we come together and it's an assembly mindset that we're all here to do something together. And it could happen within the church or be encouraged to do something outside as a, as a group. Uh, that's just an amazing idea. I think it's a groundbreaking idea for a lot of people, especially that come to our church because maybe they've never experienced that before Right? that, you know, Oh, you want me to do something? <laughs> you want me to be a part of something? Right. And, um, and I think it's so important that uh, people realize that everybody has a part and a place and you, I think one cool thing that pastor Gary's always done is it's not like he's going to define it for you. You, you define it and let me know what you want to do and I'll be standing behind it. Yeah. I'll support it. Yeah. And, and to me, that's a just amazing thing because a lot of churches don't want you to do that, right? right. You have this criteria that we're going to follow. These are the things that we want covered. Yep. Anything outside of that, not we don't really need it. But here it's like, do, you do what you want to do. If you want to come up with some weird off the off the cuff idea and you know you want to minister to people and you got a gift for it, yep. by all means do it. Absolutely. So, Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up. We're over a little bit over time, but uh, yeah, it's just good to have you here on yeah. the show. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one little final thing yeah. uh, that I, a story that kind of wraps this up a little bit that I stumbled across. If you don't mind me sharing, yeah, let's hear it. There we go. Um, I kind of got it on my notes here, but uh, you know, Babe Ruth. Yeah, I'm not a big baseball guy, but I know enough to know about Babe Ruth. He was considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, home run slugger of all time during his career. Uh, he autographed many baseballs, but he only put his name on seven bats. Okay, he used it uh, that that he used to hit home runs, anyways. Uh, because he autographed so few, each of these bats had like incredible value. The first bat vanished into thin air, lost for literally decades, to only have it resurfaced back in 2006. So not really? too far along ago. Yeah, uh, the bat uh, used to hit the home run in the Yankee Stadium against the Boston Red Sox on April 18th, 1923, was given away by Ruth's agent as a prize in a home run contest. No one at the competition got any contact information about the winner, so when he left uh, with his bat, it disappeared from the public eye. In 1988, the man was sick and on his deathbed, losing a battle to a prolonged illness, and he lived out every member of his family uh, and his closest friends, uh, but he had a faithful nurse who served him for years during his sickness. Before he died, the man presented his nurse with this prized autographed bat. Although this uh, gesture was very sentimental to her, she had no idea that it was actually worth anything. And for the next 18 years, she kept it under her bed. <laughs> okay, after retiring from nursing, she hoped to open a restaurant, but didn't have any money to do so. One day she thought of this bat that she had under her bed and wondered if it might be worth something. She took it to a local sports shop to have it appraised. And when the owner suspected it might be the missing Babe Ruth bat, he brought it uh, to several experts. And after hearing her story and carefully testing the conditions of the bat, determined it was the real Babe really? Ruth bat. In 2006, she off she auctioned the bat through uh was it Sotheby's? Yeah. Sotheby's for almost 1.3 million dollars. Oh my goodness. The woman kept only as much money as she needed to start the restaurant and gave the rest to begin the foundation to serve the children babe the children's Babe Ruth Foundation. 
uh, that he wanted to help. When a reporter asked her why she would give away so much of her money, she answered, the bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Since he made it valuable, the only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life. Mm. If you and I are followers of Christ, what makes us valuable is the name of Jesus written on our hearts. Because of what he did for us on the cross, our only reasonable response is to do something with our lives that honors him. Wow. And that's being part of the body of Christ. That's good. You need, Yeah, you didn't share that story. I did not, no. Well, that was good. Isn't it good? Yeah. So Wow. So that's all I got for you. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you for uh, spending some time with me in the podcast room. It was and, fun. Thanks for yeah. having me. And, uh, well, next week we got another uh, message. We're going to be talking about the, uh, the family, the church's yes. family. And then after that we have the church's bride. So be looking forward to uh, next Sunday as we continue the series. It's, I think it's going to be good. It's going to be time. great. Yeah. You're on. You're on. I, I gonna, am on. You're uh, going to uh, kill yeah. it. <laughs> oh, I hope well, don't, so. Don't kill the family. I've gotta, but. I've got to, you know, follow you after that. That's uh, interesting. No, no competition, but yeah, it's no, just, uh, you, you seem to have a really good use of videos, which I do not. I, I tend to find videos and I'm thinking to myself, this is good. And then somebody's like, did you see what was in that video? No, I did not. No, there's been times where I've tried a yeah. video thinking it was going to knock it out of the park. And yeah. then it was just like, cricket, cricket. <laughs> People are like, what? What was that? And so, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I will tell you, one time I tried that prayer from Teledega Nights for one of my messages. <laughs> that did not go over very well. And it was in a group of pastors. I was, Ooh, yeah. And yeah. I thought, this would be funny. I think it's funny. I, I think it's funny. But apparently it wasn't funny to the clergy that were sitting there. So, <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see you next week at the podcast uh, here. Same time, same station, usually the fourth hour of our broadcast. And uh, we'll talk to you later. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission now.